I believe that when people are ready, that they'll reach out to you if if it's a good fit for both of you. And if it's not a good fit and they don't reach out to me, I, I finally came to the point where I'm okay with it. Like, trust me, I, I hate to see like a house get listed that maybe I had a conversation with someone, but I'm like, you know what? It just wasn't a good fit. And I can basically tell that from the first conversation that we have. Growth to me is personal. Um, my business growth has allowed me to grow personally and to meet other people through it. So it just becomes a way of me rising to a level that I had envisioned for myself as a kid. But, you know, as, as a teenager, maybe in your 20s, you kind of get stuck. Um, and then, you know, as you hit your 40s and your 50s, you're like, oh, that's what it was all about. It just becomes this relaxation. And, and the growth for me is, is the thrill of the ride. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Shulseth. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today I'm here with my friend, Jen Sino Tucker. Jen, welcome to the show. Hey, Ray. Thanks so much. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to speak with you and allow the opportunity to engage with your guests as well. I'm grateful you're here. So, Jen, why real estate? <laughs> I always love your question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't ever change on this podcast. No, I know. <laughs> um, why real estate? I saw real estate as a vehicle, as a means for me to um, escape or get out of the rat race that I was in. I was uh, in a relationship uh, with my then husband who suffered a traumatic brain injury and we really struggled, really, really struggled um, because of his disabilities um, and deficits. I really couldn't work because instead of becoming or being an employee, I really was a caretaker at the time. So we were on every government assistance program. I mean, credit cards were maxed out because the, we, we just didn't have the income at the time. And um, my parents were entrepreneurs um, growing up through that. I've always had this feeling and wanted to do doing something and accomplishing something on my own. So I saw real estate as a means to kind of make that happen and kind of pursue a life of financial freedom so that I would be able to, you know, escape. And it really was an escape the situation I was in. So that is a lot. I mean, honestly, right? To to go from an employee to a caretaker to holy crap, how are we going to survive? And what does this look like for me moving forward? How did you get through that? That's a really good question. Um, first, it was just putting, you know, my foot on the pedal, my nose to the ground and just doing, right? Just doing what I had to do became task at the task at the task where I was just making things happen. I, and eventually it became obviously exhausting and to the point where I just crashed and I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, but I was lucky enough to have my mom who was in real estate as well to, to show me that this could be done. Um, she raised four of us uh, as a real estate agent. And I realized that 
the things that I had been um, resistant against in my in my youth and in my early 20s really were the means for me to kind of have the life that I wanted and, and to, you know, move my family forward. So instead of putting macaroni and cheese on the table, at least I could put, you know, a little bit of chicken and some steak every once in a while on the table. So I just I've always been this kind of person that just that just did and just, you know, some may call it work, but it wasn't work. It was like you said, more of a survival mechanism for me to kind of put my family first and and take care of our 18-month-old daughter at the time. How did you cope with being dropped into this role of a caretaker? You know, the first the first means of coping, well, after we had heard about his accident, I took three days that I just didn't stop crying. <laughs> um, because when the doctor says to you, you know, let's see if your husband survives, survives these next 30 days, you know, you're like, oh, we're in that situation. Yeah, wait, I didn't really realize we were there. Yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but it, it became, okay. I, I took the three days that I needed to just kind of get rid of everything emotionally. And then it just become very tasked. But I realized that I myself also needed to let go because I was not in control. When the doctor says that to you, there's no way that there's nothing that you can do. There's really nothing you can do. And it was in my first revelation, I guess I could say that, um, you know, there's a higher power out there that's controlling everything, <laughs> you know, obviously more than, than, than I do. Um, so that was my first means of let go to cope with the situation and to figure out what my family needed at the time. Okay. So tell me about the next 12 months of your life, right? You oh, jumped, you jumped into real estate. You're a caretaker. You have an 18 month old baby. What happened next? <laughs> <laughs> Everything happened next. Um, well, before, even like before, well, while that was happening, I started my own kids fitness business because I realized that I didn't want to be an employee. Um, I like stars next to my name as opposed to checks. Um, and minuses or critiques because I was a teacher before that, right? And I had all these administrators kind of fixing my lesson plans and telling me, oh, you should do this and not do that. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I know what I'm doing. I'm an expert here. I jumped into uh, becoming the entrepreneur because I needed the flexibility and time uh, being a caretaker and a, and a mom and, and, and raising a toddler. So that started, but I wasn't having a lot of success with with it and knowing that my mom was a top producing agent, I utilized her as my mentor and I got to understand what, you know, leads and how to generate and, and what that kind of looked like. So when I was in her office one day and she literally throws a, lead, a rental lead out into the garbage because she doesn't have the time for it, I'm like, uh, wait a second. I have the time for it. Yeah, I'll you know, take the scraps, have... mom. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was with, like, like, and I think that's where a lot of, younger new real estate agent miss like it's okay to pick up someone else's you know lead or like you said scraps you know in the beginning because that's how you're going to learn the business and that's exactly what I did I liked doing the research and uh, you know divulging into real estate in that way so that I learned everything from the ground up I literally was the buyer's agent and the administrator for my mom's business before I jumped in becoming this listing agent and, and the career that I have now. So I, I didn't mind, you know, 
I'll call it being the gopher, you know, or, or, or running the errands of others, because I was always raising my hand to be, you know, in front, like, what do you need me to do? Open a door, you know, go to an open house, you know, um, go to, you know, a closing, whatever, pick up a check, whatever it was, like I was there and I was present. So that, that was really the dive into real estate as well. So Steve Jobs has a saying that says you can never connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking back, right? So fast forwarding to today, what did that journey look like for you? Because I'm assuming you had a little bit different roadmap than your mom, even though she was your mentor during the process. And you've created, you know, your own version, obviously, right, of your reality, your life and where you're at today. Can you kind of bring us up to speed of what you and your business look like today? Uh, my business is very automated at this time, um, where I'm able to really stay home and homeschool my kids so that things just are, are happening, you know, while I don't have to be tied down to the phone, the computer, or, you know, generating leads. I mean, everything is really automatic at this point. Um, I only pick up my phone during certain times of the day and only answer emails three times a day. So it's become very systematic, um, where, um, and I'm, I'm still just a single agent. I've learned that I, I'm just best by myself and do the things that I do. And I've already had the systems in place that allow me to do that. I'm definitely a good leader, but um, it's hard to guide those who are very much like me when they want to be leaders themselves and they have their own ideas. Um, so that's the struggle I found with in, in building a team because everyone's like, oh, you need to build a team. You need to build a team. But I don't the team doesn't work for me. You know, it doesn't work for my situation now, especially um, where we've decided, like I said, to homeschool and have four kids at home and, and to kind of teach them and raise them. And I want to say that 70 percent of my business is based upon referrals. I've created a system in the past before all this, before the business looked like it is today. So that I constantly stayed in contact with people. I mean, literally 15 minutes before we jumped on the call, I had someone that I sold the house to eight years ago, just call me, hey, we want a list. So, you know, it, it, it just has become that where people just, my phone rings and I'll call you back when I can. <laughs> so how, so I want to get to homeschooling in a minute, but before we do that, I want to know how you as a single agent have been able to automate and systematize your business. Well, what does that look like? Like what things do you have in place? What um, specific systems are important to you that have allowed you to leverage your time right. and do the automation? Yeah, I, I realized that I hate paperwork or I don't, you know, I don't want to spend time with it. So having an administrator or transaction coordinator, those are really the only two people on my team that I would say are on my team. Um, but yeah, those two have been super super important to me and my business because they just do all the stuff that I don't like. I realize that I'm best just getting out there, shaking hands and kissing babies um, so that um, I'm, I'm meeting people constantly and, and knowing, allowing them to know that I am an agent and I work in their neighborhood. The other systems is, you know, um, just a constant email to keep me in touch. I'm a little bit of this hybrid agent still where I definitely have some social media, some social media presence, not huge, don't get me wrong, um, as well as some print that I still go out and farm a neighborhood. I've just learned that, you know, 
the people that I uh, work best with are typically in my age range. So they typically are still um, like print, you know, in front of them or to see a face associated with a name. And that's the real estate agent in the neighborhood. So that's just worked out best for me. That's not to say someone who may be, you know, coming new into the business can't be successful with strictly social media. Um, I realized that video is important as well. So I tried to do a little uh, as much as I can. And my YouTube channel has definitely helped in that way. So I think transaction coordination is pretty simple, right? Like everybody gets that. They kind of manage the transaction. That's their job. But an administrative person, that is all over the place, right? They could be managing right. social media. They could be pushing paper. They could make sure you're doing your, you know, continuing education. Right. What do you, what tasks have you outsourced to an administrator specifically that has really helped you free up your time? Um, uploading any paperwork that the brokerage needs, um, list, putting the listing on the MLS, although I kind of tweak that a little bit, they'll do the basics. Um, what else do they do? They do, um, so some social media uploading videos onto YouTube and things like that. And making sure that, uh, the emails or the, 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 the CRM that we do use is on point. So any new more data entry, any new leads that we get are, I just email them a list and, and, and the, that girl, the administrator handles it. Yeah. So that's always something interesting, right? Because systems are garbage in, garbage out, you know, and a lot, a lot of systems are useless unless people are actually using them. And I find that a lot of people get, I mean, I don't really know if this is the right word, but lazy about using the CRM, right? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I got it saved as a contact in my phone. Like, I'm not going to deal with putting it in, right? And that's where the conversation lives. And maybe or maybe not that contact in their email end up in their database. Like how have you been, you know, religious, for lack of a better term, about doing that and keeping your system up to date? You know, I I was that phone contact agent for a very, very long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my calendar became my CRM. Okay, like just, you know, I'm going to call this person. Okay, go knock on this door. All right, send them um, information on this house. You know, my calendar literally was my CRM for a long, long time until the last, um, I would say like 18 months. That I, that I saw the the value in the CRM and how I could really utilize it so that uh, instead of me sending a text message, a text message is automatically generated. And and that's really what I use the CRM for, for now is just, hey, how are you guys doing? You know, is everything okay? Oh, by yeah, the way. Points. Yeah, just, just simple. And I, I, I'm not a hard sell. I don't like to be ha- hard sold either. I mean, we just bought a car and I'm like, listen, don't, don't come up to me. <laughs> right. Like, like just leave me alone. I, I, I need to analyze and, and compare and contrast. Right. So I said, I'm, you know, I'm not ready now. And I don't want to, I don't, I don't sell that way either because I believe that when people are ready, that they'll reach out to you. If, if it's a good fit for both of you. And if it's not a good fit and they don't reach out to me, I, I finally came to the point where I'm okay with it. Like, trust me, I, I hate to see like a house get listed that maybe I had a conversation with someone, but I'm like, you know what? It just wasn't a good fit. And, and, you, and okay. I can basically tell that from the first conversation that we have. What has inspired you to stay focused and keep growing your, your business? Um, you know, it's just become this, it's just something inside me that I, I don't like staying stagnant and still, I, I don't want to be sitting in a 
I don't like sitting in a chair or, or, or doing the same thing over and over again. So growth to me is personal. Um, my business growth has allowed me to grow personally and to meet other people through it. So it just becomes a way of me rising to a level that I, I, had envisioned for myself as a kid, but, but you, you know, as, as a teenager, maybe in your twenties, you kind of get stuck. Um, and then, you know, as you hit your forties and your fifties, you're like, Oh, that's what it was all about. It just becomes this relaxation. And, and the growth for me is, is the thrill of the ride. I would say it's not, it, it definitely the journey and, and getting to the place where I want to be. I love that. So that may answer my next question is, how did you decide to homeschool four children? <laughs> oh my God, just like this. Uh, is it and, because of the growth? You were bored? Oh you don't want God. to sit around? Like what I, in happened? Many, in many ways, yes. I mean, we saw some, kind of the um, the education that they were getting and we, we were in a in a private school um, and I love the schools, don't get me wrong, but we saw some things in the administration that were just not clicking with what the values that we thought in a private education would, would, would give our children. So, um, (laughs) I don't know. It was just like, it was kind of this instant kind of decision and we don't really ponder things for a long time um, because we just like to jump in and say, okay, what do we need to do to fix it in order to make it, you know, better? I just thought it would be best for everyone. And, and it was getting time back. I mean, they were spending nearly three hours on a bus ride um, to school, you know, between the morning and the afternoon. It's a lot. Um, They weren't coming home somewhere between four and quarter to five in the evening. And then you're on to after school activities and then it's dinner and then it's bed. So what time were we spending together as a family? Yeah, not um, quality so that, time. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Don't get me, me as the teacher has now become more of the bad guy <laughs> um, as opposed to, you know, maybe what my role was, was in the past. But I, I've noticed a growth uh, as, again, in, in, in all of us to be a little bit more patient and understanding with each other as we kind of go through this homeschooling process. And, and trust me, it's been difficult yet enjoyable and and easy at the same time it's 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 two different two different avenues from the left to the right in in all extremes i mean but but it's that 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 kind of joy that we're all experiencing while going through this and the time that we're getting back together i love that it's beautiful i commend you for a couple of reasons number one and pardon my French, like you really need to have your shit together as an agent if you're going to take on homeschooling for kids. So congratulations yes. to you. Yes, um, thank you. Second, just, you know, I heard something um, the other day and I don't remember exactly who it was from, but what he said was, you really only have four years with your kids, zero to four, and then they become their own people. And yes, you're still the adult you're still with them. But I don't know, it like struck me really hard for some reason, you know, and I'm like, past that my youngest is five. But I think about that every day, like I try to be conscious of it, of, 
you know, I'm 47 years old. God willing, I live till 100 plus with medical and, you know, science and technology. But I think about that in the terms of, hey, I may only have 53 summers left with my mm-hmm. kids, right? Or 52 winters or whatever it is. And when you start looking at time that way, it changes perspective of where you want to focus your time and how you want to spend it. And even though you're quote unquote, the bad guy now, right? The big bad teacher at home. Yeah. I think that is an unbelievable character building trait for them, but it's also the amount of respect that I think they're going to have for you when they get older, because you were there, like you spent that time, right? You're, you're giving the biggest investment you could ever give a child, mm-hmm. which is your time. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's an totally. incredible gift. Yeah. And I, like I said, we're getting to, I'm beginning to see, you know, some of the gratefulness that, that they realize like what is entailed um, in the, in homeschooling. So th- I, I believe that they will see an appreciation, you know, later on, maybe not immediately, um, you know, especially having uh, our oldest at 16, who has gone through school in school, you know, since obviously she's five, six years old here, and now she's 16. And for her, it's been the most the humbling in the shorter time that, that, that we've been homeschooling right now, but she has been the most, um, yeah, humbled, I would say in the experience and her demeanor has kind of definitely changed, you know, whereas things were very anxious and excitable, you know, with the pressures of school and, and deadlines and things like that. Whereas deadlines right now were just kind of coming up and she's completing assignments and she just, progresses and moves on. So I've been grateful to kind of see that. And, you know, she's the one who went through, you know, me as a, as a single mom and, and, and kind of has endured throughout. And now we have this, you know, blended family where she's able to get those joys as well. Um, so ha- having them home and getting that time back, you know, it, it, I think is, is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. I think it's beautiful, honestly, like, Congratulations to you. I think that's. Uh, I mean, I would encourage so many more. Now that I'm doing it, I would encourage so many more people to do it, and and just say why not. You know, I think a lot of people kind of get caught up with you know, oh, I can't do it. You know, oh, I'm too busy. Well, trust me, I, I'm still busy, and my phone rings, you know, constantly. But uh, like you, like we were just talking about. I mean, the joy that you get out of it is 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 far more beneficial for your children and, and as a parent to kind of see them grow and what they learn and how they think. I never knew like how they thought in the past, you know, cause you don't see it when they're at school and you only see it, you know, on the weekends or here and there. And as a real estate agent, I'm work. I'm working most weekends or at least on Saturdays and taking off Sundays, but it's still not enough time because on Sunday, after a whole week of school, all these kids, all they want to do is just like, you know, relax and, you know, have some vegetation time, of course, on the iPad. And it was like, you know, I, I, I want, I needed as a parent some stimulation. Now I I'm having that stimulation, you know, with them and conversations with them about, about certain things and subjects that they like, or maybe even don't like, but we're still going through it and, and our experience, especially as a blended family has been, you know, one where I'm able to get to learn, um, you know, those about what they want as well. Yeah. What a gift. Seriously. Mm -hmm. Like what a gift. Okay. So let's jump back to real estate now. Yeah. Yeah. 
tell me what you've accomplished in your business that you're really proud of to date. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think the biggest accomplishment is recognizing who my ideal clients are. Uh, and that has allowed me to grow and, and build my business to a point of where it is now. And by that, I mean, in the beginning, and especially as new agents, we're, we want to service everyone and everything. Um, but there, there comes a time where I think you recognize who is a best fit to work with for you. And that's someone who is more like me. I was able to recognize pretty early on, I'd say within the first three to four years, um, that my ideal client are, are business people entrepreneurs themselves. And those typically in real estate are builders and uh, fix and flippers, right? Or investors. Um, So I've recognized that they think and act and behave um, or or I think act and behave more like they do. So I should meet be, it should be, it was an easy fix or easy relationship for me to build with multiple investors. And so I was able to target a lot of distressed and short sale properties and have this plethora of homes or available homes for them to kind of sell off to them. And then obviously, you know, get the listing back and then sell it again. So I realized that if I, Worked with one specific client, an investor. I was able to probably make commission at least at least two times and possibly up to four times on one property. So I was able to leverage a little bit of my time there as well. Yeah, so your customer acquisition cost goes significantly down, right? Exactly. To all of our listeners out there, how would you advise somebody to figure that out and break it down? Like, what would the steps look like to identify who you should be working with as your best client? You know, the, I, I would say the the best and only step is one to recognize who you are in any type of personality profiling. So I utilize the DISC personality profile. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a high D and C obviously, because I work high with with, with investors. And studying the DISC and and being able to identify who the person was I was speaking to in front of me and knowing if they were, then knowing if they were a good fit to work with was super, super key. So I would say the the first step in, in knowing that is identify or take the DISC personality profile know who you are, and then people are going to want to do business with those who are more unlike you. Sure. And that uh, significantly accelerates the no like, and trust factor. Exactly. And also what it does is if you know who you're speaking with, and if I'm at high DC and you're, you're not, you're on the other side of the spectrum where you're an I or an S, knowing the disc and how people behave and speak and what language they talk, I'm able to kind of shift my DC to more of an IS and become more like them, right? Because your potential client is not going to change the bit, their behavior. It's up, I believe it's up to you as the agent or salesperson to kind of meet your client where they're at. And you need to meet them uh, where, where they're at, you know, with their speech and language. Where did your quench for personal growth come from? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Is your mom I don't like know that? where it came from. 
I, you know, I want to say it's more of uh, the athlete in me, you know, I, I, you know, I went to college on an athletic scholarship. Uh, I played basketball in college and um, it's always been like, you know, okay, are you going to, maybe it was the numbers like, okay, is your, um, you know, number of shots and attempts or how many points that you score in a season, you know, it's always like, okay, I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better next year. I'm going to do better next year. Um, I think that's been kind of me, maybe has been one of the influences in me constantly wanting to grow um, as a person and to get better. But I would also say that having a child definitely changes that for you as well, right? You're like, oh yeah, I better get my things, my act together here um, so that I'm able to set a good example. And um, my parenting style has been more like my dad's and that's kind of helped me recognize a lot of things as well. I love that. Yeah, I know, like I always tell people, I'm in such a hurry to get to that next version of me. I I don't know, is it a hurry for you? Because I don't think it's a hurry, but I feel like, I don't, I don't know how to, you know, and you know, I don't know how to change my mindset on it. Yeah. Maybe hurry is the wrong word, but like, I'm excited to meet that person, you know, right. like to be able to look back and see the growth and what that path was like. And you're hundred percent right. Because for me, I've had to learn how to like truly slow down and enjoy the journey versus going through the tunnel at hundred miles an hour with blinders on. Right you know, cause that's how I spent most of my life in survival sure. mode doing that. And it is hard to correct that, you know, mm-hmm. to slow down so you can choose the path a little bit differently and spend more time designing your life than you do reacting to your life. Right. I, you know, I, I, you know, when you say that was, it was the slowdown for you, like I, I really remember, you know, as an agent, those first those first few years were obviously a lot of growth, right? And getting to know the business. And then from years, maybe three to six, you know, have been just this constant push, you know, 10 to 12 hour days, the weekends, you pick up the phone, someone's calling, it doesn't matter what time of the day or afternoon it is, or or what's going on in your life or where you are, you just pick up the phone. And that's what the, the next maybe three to seven, eight years. And in these, in these last, I want to say two to three, it's been more like, okay, I've hit my top. How do I, how do I keep hitting it again? And now that I'm at this point where, okay, I've hit my top. Can I grow even more? Yeah, I could, but will I be happy with it? And I think that was one of the things in going back to homeschooling and spending more time with family was I've done this achievement. I've made it to this level. I'm, you know, a top producing agent in our re in our region on our MLS, you know, within my company, Okay, what's next? I asked myself, like, what's next? Do I can I, is it making more money? Is it earning more commission? No, it was going back to wait, you missed 10 years, you know, with your daughter because you were constantly working. And now you have this wonderful, beautiful, blended family. I'm not gonna do that again. Right? I need to be home. I need, I want to be home. I want to be with them. And that's my next journey um, to really solidify me as a person, who I am as a parent and as an individual and how I can create this family success that we're all going to have together. I love that. Like that is such, so inspiring. Seriously, it's amazing. But it takes a very clear, focused head to do what you're doing, both for your business and your family. 
How do you do that? Oh, it is routines. Okay. So it's, sim- it's simply a routine. Um, so what's that routine? Tell me about your morning. <laughs> of course it's morning, <laughs> right? Cause that's when it, that's when the magic always happens. Like even today we got up late and uh, I, I like nudged over. I'm like, babe, we're like getting up too late. Like this is too late. We need to, our routine starts early, early. He's like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Um, but for me, typically it's getting up by six o'clock. I like to, you know, spend time, um, 20 minutes journaling, um, you know, having some devotion, 20 minutes of devotions or, or reading and, and getting connected with my higher power. And then 20 minutes of kind of stretching or exercise. I mean, that's basically my first hour in the day. Um, and then we sit down as a family and have breakfast together. Oh, the kids have chores going on. I catch up on some emails and phone calls during that, during that time while they're, they're getting their, their day almost ready. And it's definitely for me is being prepared mentally is being prepared or, or getting myself, what I like to call get myself together. Like after breakfast, like I usually say, okay, I'm going upstairs. Like that's time for me to like shower, put on makeup, fix my hair. Like that's important to me. I don't think some people might not be, but having an outward look is important to me because it makes my, my inner self feel, feel good as well. Um, without having a cohesive presence I'll I'll use for now, um, kind of like jumbles up my day. And like, I can't be sitting in my pajamas all day, even though I work from home all the time and and we're homeschooling, like that would just throw me off. But yeah, just have it. And now, you know, with homeschooling, it's become, um, a lot of block scheduling. So I know, you know, what time of the day I'm able to kind of do podcasts or catch up on any admin stuff, follow up on deals. Like I know all that stuff happens between the 12 to two hour while we have a break from homeschool. I'll catch up on some things then. And then in the, in the afternoon, the kids are back in, in school or, you know, um, doing their thing. So I'm with them and then I'll follow up again at about four, somewhere between four and six o'clock, uh, while I follow up on all the calls or emails that I, that I may have missed. So it becomes more of this planning. Um, definitely block planning has worked for me. And I even suggested to a lot of new agents, like I know mornings work best for me, but maybe evenings are better for you. And that's dependent upon, you know, what your schedule looks like. But having just having routines will make everything happen faster. Well, yeah, because motivation is kind of a BS thing, and it's habits and rituals that you default to, right? So, of course, of course, it's the persistence and consistency in your in your yeah. behavior that that sets anyone's agenda or or business plan in place. I mean, we talk about tell agents, you know, you need to break down your activities to both. Active and passive, money-making activities and administrative duties is basically what they are, active and passive. So, you know, in the beginning, I say, you know, you probably don't have a lot of marketing money. You're going to have to leverage your time for that. You can't be sending out flyers or postcards or spending a lot on on digital digital media, social media, and hiring people that way. So you're going to have to do it on, on your own. Um, but for me, it was just going out and knocking on doors in the beginning. I didn't have money to spend by sending out postcards and things like that. Um, so I went ahead and spent my time going out, out into neighborhoods and meeting people. Yeah, and I think that's important for everybody listening, that especially in the beginning, there's only two ways to do it. 
you're either giving time or giving money. That's exactly. it, right? There, there's no magic. There's no, no. jumpstart. The only jumpstart is if you have cash to funnel into your marketing and get out there and beat everybody else chasing the same thing you are. Exactly. I mean, it really becomes that. And, you know, I get asked that question, well, how did, how do you, how do I start? What do I do? What do I do? Um, never miss a meeting <laughs> and just keep telling people, you know, that you're in real estate. Jen, do you have a book published? I do a few of them. Um, <laughs> the one, the, the book that, um, you know, that really helps real estate agent is just a kind of guide for newer agents or those maybe in the business one to three years and aren't seeing the results that they thought they were going to get. It's um, become a rock star real estate agent, seven steps to make a hundred K a year. I love that. Where can people find that book? Oh, they can, I would love to give your audience a free download of the book. Uh, they can go to rockstaragenttraining.com and download the book for free. Um, if you download the book, I always offer a 15-minute strategy session for something maybe that they're stuck with that I could help. Amazing. Thanks for that. And where can people find you? Can they find you on that same website? They can find me there, but um, I'm all about the phone and a text message. <laughs> Although on social media, you can find me on my, my YouTube uh, channel is uh, Jennifer Sino Tucker Real Estate. Uh, you can go there and find me there. Uh, although my phone number is fully available at 516-361-2568. Amazing. Jen, thanks for being here with me. It was amazing. Thanks for sharing your knowledge, your experience, and your life story. Oh, great, Ray. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I got the chance to share it with you and your audience. Hey, guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you on the next one.